this day, Lord, and um, I just ask that you empty me, Lord, and I just um, thank you for your Holy Spirit, Lord, and I pray that we will just have a desire to please you in our marriages, or if we're not married, Lord, to look on to you and um, and you we're not alone whether we're married or not lord we have you father and um, and that we could help others um through your message lord and we just thank you for your word and we thank you for this time together we love you lord in your name jesus christ we pray amen okay so um i grew up in a catholic church and but my parents were not saved so when i was really young they went to church But by the time I was around 12, 13, well, teenage years, they stopped going, and they stopped going to church altogether because, oh, thank you, because um, stuff started getting hard, life, like, just started getting hard, and I I don't know if my mom just said, forget it, and um, they stopped going, but they, my friends, um, still continue to go with their family, so I continue to go. So as I was in the church, I was in the ministry, I was in leadership, like young leadership, and I did get discipled. Um, But by the time I was 18, I started to question just some things in the church, and um, I remember just praying about it, and I didn't know if the Lord wanted me to leave, um, but... I was just questioning about my walk and um, the religion side of it. And right when it was during Mass, we call it Mass around that time, and I had a heavy heart um, where I was supposed to be, and the Lord spoke to me, like, clearly. And it doesn't really happen a lot, but he did. And um, he said, your husband will be a Christian. And... That was very rare for me because I didn't really have a lot of Christian friends. I only knew them by like at school. All my friends were Catholics. So even if you ever grew up in the Catholic Church, you were raised, if you're ever thinking about marriage, the person you're supposed to marry needs to be, well, should be Catholic too. And both of us need to fulfill the sacraments, which is be baptized when you're a baby, have your communion, have your confirmation, and marriage is a sacrament. So when I felt like when he told me that, I was like, wow, I've never really, I don't know. Kind of like how Pastor um, Tanner was saying, how Peter would say, no, God, I don't know. You know, because he was like, um, he knew all the religious or he knew the law really well. And I, at that point, I was a very, um, I knew the law or I knew um, the Catholic laws, I guess. And so, but at that, when he told me that, I held it really, I just remembered, and I knew it was from him, and I just didn't want to okay, Lord. So, years later, I meet my husband, and um, through a friend, and he was a Christian, and he grew up in the Christian church, and um, we just hit it off really well, but when we first met, we both knew the Lord, but we weren't walking with the Lord. We were prodigals. So when, um, from my background, I grew up in the Catholic Church, but I didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Now, I knew I know some people that are Catholics that do, but I didn't. And my husband um, had a very, very hard childhood, and his parents did you know, were saved um, and knew the Lord, but they didn't walk, they didn't walk at all. So I came from a background where my parents are still together to this day, and my husband, his parents have gotten married more than three times. So with all, um, his mom is on her fourth marriage, his mom is on his fourth marriage, and um, my father-in-law, none of those marriages worked. So we didn't see Christ in the home. And even though my parents love each other, they're awesome parents, I knew by seeing them that they, I knew something was missing, and it was Jesus. Like, they have held their relationship together by their own strength. 
And I don't have to do that. Like, we don't have to do that. We don't have to be in our relationships in our own strength because that's exhausting. Like, we have Jesus to hold us together and hold us in those tough trials and those tough storms. And I've seen my parents go through those storms, and they're still together, and I'm thankful for that. But I, you know, I try to share Jesus, you know, when my mom is hurting. And, you know, the Lord can heal that, you know, through, I I think, through... What I've learned to forgive my husband um, in times that, you know, because we hurt each other. We do. We're going to take advantage of each other. We're going to fail each other. And if it wasn't for the Lord, I don't know how I could get past that hurt or that past that unforgiveness. So, um, but we weren't walking when we got married. We weren't. We weren't walking with the Lord. We knew of the Lord, but we didn't hold him first when we said our vows. And so... And I share that with you um, because we're not perfect. Me and my husband are not perfect, but we're being perfected. Um, And I do pray that if you see any weakness in me or in my marriage or in my husband, um, I hope that you would see the Lord's strength, though, in it. Um, I did marry my best friend, and we have highs and lows. Um, The Lord has used our trials to mold me to be a, a godly wife. That honors the Lord because I've never seen that. Now I do have a strong mother. Like my mom is strong and she's loving and she's caring. But again, there's a difference when you have the Lord first and as a wife um, in your life with your husband. Um, Jesus is more concerned about our hearts than achieving perfection. And I wrote that for me because I always wanted the perfect marriage. And I had, when I married my husband, I knew what the perfect marriage was. I knew, I knew, even though I really didn't know. So, (laughs) but we are dedicated to each other in spite of our struggles. We are constantly working towards growing our family in the Lord. And we are committed. We are continuously, continuously being convicted by his word. um, What a godly marriage looks like because both of us don't know. We, We didn't, we don't know what that looked like. So, the title of this message is, Hairs together of the grace of life. And you can find that in 1 Peter 3, 7. So God makes and, mass, and is a master and masters in making and heavenly marriages. So he created our marriages and he's a master of that. Like he can do so much in our marriage if we let him. Um, we're in Ephesians um, 5. We're going to read all of it. I'm going to try to read all of it <laughs> in time. So... Um, First is walk in love for your marriage. Um, Walking in love in your marriage is your ministry. So your marriage is your ministry. So uh, Ephesians 5, verse 1. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us, and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Becoming a wife that honors the Lord starts with remembering who you are in the Lord. As dear children, we are the daughters of a loving father, the king of kings, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. He is our creator, and he loves you, loves us, cherishes us, treasures us, and loves us. His banner for us is love, and you can find that in Songs of Solomon. In fact, he is the creator of us and the creator of our, of our marriage. He formed this union between you and your husband. He created you to be your man's or your husband's helper. Being your husband's helper is being Christ's helper. As daughter of God, we are equipped in every way to be his wife the way the Lord has called us to be. So he equips us to do what we are called to do to be in our marriage. Um, Proverbs 18.2 says, It is a good thing a man finds a wife for he has favor of the Lord. Um, so it, we are a gift to our husbands. Ladies, we are precious gifts to our husbands. We have to know that and remember that when times are tough, that God um, gave us to our husbands as a gift. Um, he sees us as in that way. But in order to walk in love and be imitators of God as a wife, you need to constantly be sitting at his feet. At the feet of Jesus, being in his word, being persistent in prayer, especially in our marriage. Our marriage is the best place to be imitators of God and being the light to our husbands. Um, 
I see my marriage as a precious gift from the Lord. God gave me this role to help my husband to meet a need and to show my husband to show my husband God's love to him even when he doesn't or does deserve it. So God died for me. The Lord died for me when I didn't deserve it, when I was still a sinner, when he knew I was going to do this, when he knew and I was going to deny the Lord in in my actions. He knew, but he still died for me. That's love. That's unconditional love. That's regardless of what I have done or did, he loved me enough to do that. And we should be that imitate that love to our husbands. Like we both don't don't deserve each other, really. And um, I'm not perfect and he's not perfect. So when I'm upset with him or he's said something insensitive, and because I'm very sensitive, um, I could just think of, well, how can I show him God's love? Because there's times where I've broken God's heart too. So, Because Jesus gave up his life for me when I was still a sinner, when I did not deserve it. He loved us so much that his love was sacrificial. And an offering, that offering was a sweet-smelling aroma for God. When we honor and offer ourselves to our husbands in love, like Christ loved us, our obedience and actions are a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. Um, Biblical love is John 3.16. We all know that. Um, And that was sacrificial love. Um, We should display that love to our families and our husbands. Therefore, as followers of God, we please the Lord when we are kind to our husbands, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, again, because the Lord forgave us like um, and loved us. So now we're on um, Ephesians 5, verse 3. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be named among you, as is fitting for saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, so which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For this is, for this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not be partakers with them. God is calling out sin right here. He's saying, kids, don't do this. Kind of like how we tell our kids, don't do that. It's sin. It's bad. And he is saying that as his children, as his daughters, we are not to walk in this way. We are not to partake in this way. He knows that sin only harms, brings harm, um, and sin harms our marriages. Paul is actually also showing the opposite of what lo- love looks like. Acting in this way is not what love is. So when I thought of like filthiness, uncleanness, I thought of Things that can hurt a marriage. And so I'll be real. (laughs) Pornography, fornication, um, adultery, lust, selfishness, um, foolish talking, dirty talks. Now, I know that it says no coarse jesting. Like, you know, it talks about those dirty jokes. And I thought about how those dirty jokes sometimes can, like, you can remember it. Like, okay, that was kind of gross, but I still remember it, and I walk away feeling like, ugh, can't believe I heard that, or whatever. Just remember when I was younger. I don't hear right now, but when I was younger. But I just thought about how um, how just like talking dirty or saying stuff like that, imagine slandering your husband. That sticks to people too. So um, Anything that can bring your spouse down. When you bring your spouse down, you also bring yourself down because you are one. Um, Also, like dirty jokes, it can stay in your mind. So can slandering your husband to others. But there's a difference between slandering and seeking godly advice, like how Julie had expressed. And there is a difference um, when you want the best for your husband and you talk to somebody you can trust or someone you know knows the word and loves the Lord. And you're going to get godly advice. But if you're going to go to that person and say how awful he is, and I can't believe he leaves the socks on the floor, and you know that has nothing to do with with maybe your husband growing in the Lord. Like that should be our heart's desire. That it's not really that he would want to change for you, but really that the change would be of the heart, so he could have a closer relationship with the Lord. Um, God says, let no one deceive you. Now, society has lots of advice for us wives, right? Our culture, culture says, 
if you're not compatible, you may have married the wrong person. But um, Mark 10, 9 says, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. I have heard also the grass is greener on the other side. But Ephesians 5, 25, 33 says, husband, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. And the wife must see it too that she res respects her husband. So the truth is, the grass is greener where it's being cared for. Another one that I, um, that I hear is, innocent flirting or viewing pornography won't really hurt your marriage. Your spouse will never know anyway. But Hebrews 13, 4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all, and let the marriage bed be undefiled. Pornography is a trap of the enemy. Even flirting with somebody is a trap. Even maybe, like, um, you know, we're all brothers and sisters in Christ, but when that relationship with the opposite sex, either at work or anywhere else, becomes like, I'm going to go over there and tell you all my problems with me and my husband, that's a trap because then you might not have yet physical affair. Let's say you never have a physical affair, but you have an emotional affair. And that's scary too, because us as women, we're very emotional. We you know, can be trapped in that, that feeling of, oh, he cares for me while my husband doesn't even listen to me. So we have to be very careful um, the way that we conduct other relationships. Um, so our goal when it comes to our husbands is we need to put others' interests, right? His interests above ours. Not that our interests are not important, but just like um, Philippians 2, 4 says, let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Like that's how what we're supposed to do with each other in, in, um, in the body of Christ. Imagine, you know, as your spouse. Um, 1 Corinthians 10, 24 says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. Um, so if God is telling you to seek the, his own good, but the good of your neighbor, how much won't he tell you that with your husband? So, um, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. If you should love your neighbor as yourself, you must love your husband with this kind of love. God is telling you to love your neighbor how much more your husband. Um, number two, Christ will give you light in your marriage. So we are to walk in light. Ephesians 8, 5, 8. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the spirit, for the fruit of the spirit is all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all these things that are exposed are made manifest by the light, for whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. So this scripture reminded me of where, well, my husband's name is Drew, where me and Drew were when we first got married. Like I said, we were prodigals. We weren't walking in the Lord. We knew of the Lord. And even though I knew the Lord had um, told me this, and I knew it was for sure from the Lord, and actually my husband, a month before he met me, he had a dream, like he was praying. Um, he felt really lonely. Um, we both came from backgrounds of hurts in our lives. So, and he said that he prayed that God would bring somebody because he was done hurting. Like he was just done feeling lonely. And, um, and then a month later I came in and through prayer, the Lord reaffirmed him that I was, you know, meant. And at that time I'm like, yeah, okay. You're just trying to sweet talk me. Okay. <laughs> I was mean. I was mean. <laughs> I really liked him, you know, and I wanted it to work out, but because of my hurts, we kind of played games, you know, or like kind of he would back off and see if I liked him and I would back off and like, is he for real? It was, we talk about this all the time. We were so dumb. So I didn't even know I was his girlfriend until his friend called him and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm with my girlfriend. I'm like, you didn't even ask me. You didn't do the proper way, okay? How <laughs> So he goes, yeah, my girlfriend. I'm like, but anyways, <laughs> didn't ask me. Do you know who I am? <laughs> See, I was bad. Anyways, um, so we were we came from um, 
we were hurt um, in our past, um, but we knew, and if anything, that the Lord had brought us together by his grace and mercy. So, yes, these things, the sin, the darkness, did cause consequences, like they did, because we're God's children, and he corrects those he loves. So, and all these years together, we had... When we got married, we had let things in our marriage that we weren't supposed to. Or I didn't think it was a big deal. But, or maybe he didn't know how, what his sins were, were actually, um, you know, sins that were there in the, way before he met me. Like, you know, my husband's um, struggles were addictions. And it happened starting when he was young, when his parents got a divorce, when... There was abuse um, through in his home. That's when the uh, the addiction started, and then meeting the wrong people got him with the wrong crowd. And I never went through that, but mine was more loneliness, not trusting. Um, I, you know, I love my dad, and I guess I'll share this because it's <laughs> uh, my my father's a good father. He really is, and I love him. But there was a time where he cheated on my mom, and that really hurt me. So, and I was really young, and I had already said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, um, you know, I'm going to be a godly wife. And, but when he did that, I felt like, why? Why? If they're just going to hurt you anyways, your husband's just going to hurt you anyway. So I had this, like, um, dysfunctional view of how marriage was going to be. You know, I could do anything. I mean, and I'll still try to do my best to honor the Lord, but they're going to hurt you anyway. So I have that when I met my husband. And again, I love my dad. I'm crazy about my dad. Like, I love him. And, but he did hurt us, and he knows that he hurt us. He does. Um, but he's not saved, so pray for him, please, when you think about <laughs> me. Um, so we didn't know either way no matter what our parents did or whatever our past was we were still responsible for our actions and we let that in our marriage um i had a dysfunctional view to submit to my husband because of my past um and my views to be a wife did not align with god and god allowed these trials to look at the reality of our of our darkness and um drew didn't understand that his addictions i don't even think he knew he had like these struggles with addictions till later because his family um, has also had with those and they were Christian. They were saying, oh, God's okay with that. God's okay if you get drunk here and there. Like this is, this is what he was, you know, brought up. Oh, God's okay if, you know, you get high. Like <laughs> it's dysfunctional. Ugh. So, and we didn't know. We were so young and we didn't know that these things, right? And and then he knew too much about maybe their sin or their dysfunction about his mom and, you know, just crazy. And then sooner or later, God started correcting it. And again, he, he with these trials, he brought our darkness like here, like in front of our face. And I think that's mercy actually and grace because imagine if he would have let us continue in our darkness. I mean, would we even still be together? Like thinking, or would the enemy just got his way with it and would have split us apart? I don't know. But God was so good to us, and it hurt. Or it hurt when we were exposed. Like He says, exposing our darknesses. And we started praying because we knew we loved each other and our family, but we needed to seek was what was acceptable in the Lord, and He needed to expose that. And we needed to learn how to forgive. So because of my husband's addictions, I got hurt a lot because he didn't understand that those addictions were hurting me um, and hurting us. But mostly it was hurting him. So I had to learn how to forgive daily. And I didn't, that was hard. Um, it was ugly facing our sins. Um, it was ugly, the stuff that we had to go through. But there was a purpose, and his purpose was to transform us and is still transforming us to be children of light. And he tells me, you're not the same person you were when I got married. I, and sometimes I'm like, I don't know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> but 
it's a good thing because it's Christ who's been changing us. And he's not the same guy either when I am married, which is a good thing cause, because there's a lot of good in my husband. But there's just, you know, there's sin like all of us. You know, we're not perfected. Some is, I don't know, but either way, it still hurts the Lord. It, it hurts our walk and it hurts our marriage. And plus, we want to be a light to our children. So God has to deal with this. God has to deal with those things that are shameful to talk about. Like, it, it wasn't shameful then, but it's shameful now, you know, to think of the things that we let in our marriage. Or I didn't know, and he didn't know either, but um, we're going to stick it out. You know, we're going to let the Lord do his thing, that we can't wait to see what God's going to do, because he's still working in us. So, and he's the only thing that has given us light, the Lord, and that has brought life into our marriages. So when the Holy Spirit dwells in you, like let's say you're going through a trial right now, because me and my husband have been there, where I thought, that's it, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Um, but I had to allow the Lord get in, in between my marriage. And when you are seeking the Lord and you're walking in the light, that light will shine, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And when you approach that light, with that light in your eyes to your husband, to your husband, because I've seen it um, in actions and love to your man, even when he didn't deserve it. Like I did it when he didn't deserve it. That's when I was like, aha moment. That's when the Lord taught me. Um, that light will reflect back to you. So that's what I saw. I saw my husband putting his guard down. Even he knew he didn't deserve it because he's told me, he's like, I don't know why you're being nice to me. Like I'm such in a, such a bad mood. I go, it's just, I love you. It came from, at first it was more of a duty. <laughs> and I learned that that wasn't working out. And then I learned, oh, I'm doing it because I love my husband and I love the Lord. And then I started to see a change in my husband because it was Jesus. Not, and I even, and that, that was the hardest part because we, um, I learned that I had to love him even when he didn't deserve it. So even when he was being mean. <laughs> So number three, wisdom is a precious gift in your marriage. So walk in wisdom is Ephesians 5.15. See that, that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be wise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dis- disposition, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all the things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. So if any of you in James 1.5, so we're talking about wisdom, if any, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. The gift of wisdom will help you understand and enable you to serve and honor your husband because you are serving the Lord. In James, God says that He will that the Lord will give you wisdom, but you have to ask. You have to ask. Even in the toughest times, Lord, how can I be, what can I do? Like there's just times where, what can I do in my marriage right now? What do you want me to do? Do you just want me to be silent and wait? Then sometimes he says wait. Sometimes he wants me to go and call him or text him and say something like, I love you, I'm here, I'm dedicated, even after we could have gotten in a fight. So, or we got in a disagreement, and I didn't agree with him, but I still love you. <laughs> and I didn't want to say that, but God told me to say that. Now, there's different times where he's told me to say that, and I didn't do it. So, and I missed out on that blessing, though, when I didn't obey God. And the times that I did obey, I saw the blessings of what God did. Um, wisdom is not earned, but it is a gift. He says, ask, and it will be given to you. Speaking to one another in psalms and submitting to each other. Imagine seeking to delight in your husband, your life pouring into your man's life. Um, Galatians 5, 23, imagine, well, he says, speak in psalms. So in this way, I think of the fruit of the Spirit. is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such thing, there is no law. So, Speaking in psalms, speaking in love, you know, saying sweet things to your husband. 
Our heart intention should be to cultivate a heart change in your husband so that he can have a closer relationship with the Lord. It should not be for you. And I thought that my husband should change because of me for a very long time. Um, when in the beginning when he would lie about his addictions, I thought it was me personally. Oh, well, you're not going to give that up? First of all, I didn't understand what addiction is. Like, I've never been addicted to something, but I have my own sins. Not saying that I'm better than my husband or anything, but I just don't understand it. So, and then the way I grew up is that you, like man and woman, um, when you start a family, both of you have to give up everything, like sacrifice. That's the way I just grew up in my home. Like, um, I don't know if it's culture really, but I think it was just what I was taught. And I thought, well, if you're not doing your job, you're not giving up everything. But let's say he would have given up everything just for me. Then he would have never really changed for the Lord. So, and I just learned that recently. So, <laughs> you know, because I was still thinking, like, he should change for me. And in a way, yes, but more because he wants to um, please God, not because I'm his God. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. But okay. <laughs> um, if your greatest desire are for the good for your husband, then the change in your heart will produce thanksgiving and joy for him. Love him, love the Lord, or I mean, sorry, love your husband for who he is unconditionally, even in his faults. And that's hard because God loves me in my faults. And I had to love my husband for who he was, and love is hope and hope that God was going to make those changes that do not please the Lord for the Lord. And then if he, you know changes for the Lord, then he brings that change in our family and with our kids. So it just all starts from the Lord. And But like I said in the beginning, I thought I knew what, I, what a perfect marriage was. So I knew how my, a perfect husband should act. And I wanted him to do these things and act this way religiously. Like, And I was thought I was very spiritual, trying to tell him, well, God's word says this, and God's word says that. And oh, God really humbled me and that's not the way I should I wasn't respecting my husband either you know not that I shouldn't tell him about oh God's word says to be loving yeah we should have those conversations but when it was for me only because I wanted this like image that was a selfish desire of me I don't know maybe you haven't felt like that but I did I went through this it was an immature stage so um, be sweet to your husbands be kindly Make love fun with your husband. God created us women to make love fun like he did. I think sometimes I wait for my husband to be kind of romantic, and I go, eh, I'm going to be the romantic one today. So <laughs> sometimes you be the initi initiator to have, you know, make love fun with your husband. Be thankful for your husband every single day, even where he's at right now, even if he's not walking with the Lord, even if he's not saved. Thank God for him. It Thank God that the Lord gave you the gift of marriage. Um, I don't think that when we're married, everybody's supposed to have a perfect marriage. I don't know what, I just know what a godly marriage looks like. I think they're two different things. Like a marriage, a godly marriage holds Christ wherever you are. And yeah, the Lord gives us examples. But if, you know, you're doing your part and you're honoring the Lord as what God has asked you, then you're already, um, makes me think of that scripture, that your family is blessed because of your actions. Um, so um, next, Ephesians 22, 5.22, God's perfect plan for marriage. Um, wives, submit to your husbands, to your own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Wife's role is cooperative, helper, and submit. What if your husband is selfish, harsh, hurtful, lying? You name it. <laughs> How can I submit? How can I be joyful? I know that there are husbands that are hard to find good in them. And it's true, some husbands are harsh and hurtful, 
but look to Christ because he created you to be your husband's help me in midst of the pain you're going through. You can doubt God in his word or you cannot, right? You can trust in him or take him at his word. Serving your husband means serving Christ and you honor God by trusting in him. It's too hard. What if you say it's too hard, you say, right? It's funny how we wrote that, I don't know. (laughs) It's too hard. But trusting in the Lord at his word, then let God perform a miracle in you. See, like, let's say you're right now, like, there's no way I cannot do it. Then actually, that's a good thing that you acknowledge that you can do it. Because that means you can't do it on your own. That means you need the Holy Spirit. That that means you need God to intervene in your marriage. So then, not only do you let God intervene in your marriage, because there's no way you can do it, which is awesome, I think, because you're like, you know, I need you, Jesus. Then you're going to see God do a miracle in you. And you're not going to miss out the blessings. You're going to see what God wants to do in your marriage and with you first. So, um... So it is going to take the Holy Spirit an internal, internal vision, a heavenly vision for you to do your calling here on earth, which is in your marriage. Um, this will produce peace and joy knowing you are honoring and obeying the Lord. Your obedience will draw you closer to the Lord, seeking the Lord in all things. So when me and my husband were going through a rough time and I, we went through, um, we talked to a pastor and the pastor told me that I am to honor my husband and submit and love him even if he doesn't deserve it that was like whoa the light bulb came on because the only time my husband really would get the best of me is when he deserved it in my eyes right so and then when I started seeing oh I'm messing up I'm messing up because I'm only giving him my best when I think when he's doing his best and what I needed to do is give him my best regardless in our trial and I was so blessed by that and he also told my husband that, but that was for my husband. <laughs> so, um, and some of the stuff that I got from the pastor I wanted to share with you. So Ephesians 5.24, that's where um, we just read. Um, As a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands and everything. So in our culture, I don't know, for more of my generation, submission is like a, what? Submit to your husband? Submit to anybody? I don't know if you can understand where I'm coming from, but um, I grew up with eight girls, and we grew up ever since we were in elementary school, and I know if I went back and I said, submit to your husband, they would laugh at me. They're like, really? We're not going to submit to our husbands. Um, I don't know, and we all grew up in the church, and I don't know why that's such a, I mean, I guess I do know why. It's a a type of rebellion in our culture. It is. Um, So also, I think that a lot of people don't understand what submission is. Like misunderstanding headship of husband, misunderstanding submission of wife. Wife. So biblical picture is what we just read. Um, wife submit to your husbands, and husbands give up your life as the Lord did. And submission is not putting husband in place of Christ. Colossians 1.18, and he is the head of the body of the church. Christ is. Husband is not to be an idol, um, like in Exodus one seventeen, midwives feared God and disobeyed the king of Egypt. So submission is not not giving up independently thought and becoming intellectually stagnant. Colossians three sixteen is let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, as you teach and abomish one another with all wisdom. Proverbs thirty one twenty six says she speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is in her tongue. Submission is not letting gifts lie doormat. So Romans 12, 6 says, Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is an exercise of them. So we can exercise, you know, our our gifts that God has given us. Submission is not giving up all efforts to influence husband. Ephesians 4, 15, 25, 27, speaking the truth in love, though. If you ever need to talk to to your husband about anything, there's a you have to do it in love. And I mean, because if you do it out of anger like I have when you know I have before it didn't work out because it was really for my interest it has to be in love and again your desires so your husband can grow closer to the Lord like Abigail is an awesome example how she spoke to David with respect and it was for his good 
not for her good, even though she was scared what could happen to her. But um, but it was it's the heart when you say something. Um, but sometimes the Lord uses us wives to, because um, we're brothers and sisters. And my husband has thanked me. He goes, I'm so glad that you gave me that truth in God's word. And, and I knew that when I said it, it was in love. Submission is not being fearful of husband. Proverbs 29, 25, fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. Submission is not doing nothing to protect herself from an unreasonable husband, and I mean abuse. That's what I'm talking about, physical abuse. If you know your children are being molested, which I'm so glad I don't really, I haven't heard anything like that, but it does happen, um, and abuse does happen. That submission doesn't mean that you have to be submitted in that in in that environment. Um, we have our church elders and our leadership to give wife and husbands advice in difficult situations. Men too, um, there's abuse in the home too. And so, for example, um, you seek godly advice to the elders in the church when there's difficult situations going on. If there is abuse going on, it is not your fault. It is not your fault. I've heard um, from good, well-meaning Christians say that they provoke that their husband, and that to me, I just got righteous anger inside because that's not not true. It's not your fault. Um, it's dysfunctional and destructive to the family, and I'm not saying divorce either. I'm saying you got to get some help. And you got to call the police. Okay, I'll leave it like that. <laughs> so, and in love, we can rebuke that. You you know, in love, you can say, if your husband ever asks you, it's just because I've read things, you know, when I was doing my study, husbands or wives have asked their spouse to watch porno- pornography, or they have told them, break the law, or anything like that. Don't do it. You put God first. And in love, correct and rebuke in love say I can't do that that's not right God's going to protect you Um, submission is not based on husband's um, worthiness or his superiorness or whatever Um, Galatians 3.28 says there is neither Jew nor Greek slave nor free male or female nor you are all in one in Christ we're all one in Christ so God doesn't tell you to submit because God thinks that your man is superior than you It's just that his role is to be the leader, and you are to honor that role. We are to honor that role. Submission is, though. So um, if you have any questions about what submission is, um, let me know, and I can go further. So these are, like I said, things that I got from the pastor, which was because I had a dysfunctional view of submission. But submission is honor and reverence. Ephesians 5.33 says the wife must respect her husband. Submission is a choice. Submission is a spiritual matter. You have to be willing to submit. And we submit because God called us to submit. Wives, um, submit to your husband as to the Lord. Submission is comprehensive. That means all embracing it. You're just not like, I have to submit. You're like, I want to submit. I want to see what the Lord has in my marriage. You know, I want to do these things. I know it's hard. (laughs) It can be hard. Um, Wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Submission is dedication to your husband. Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Proverbs 31. um, I'll give you girls homework. If you haven't read Proverbs 31, go ahead and read Proverbs 31. It's a good example of a godly wife. Um, Submission is... God's way of obtaining and maintaining function and order in the home. 1 Corinthians 14, 40 says, For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace. But if everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Submission is best way to influence your husband in a godly way. Um, 1 Peter 3, 1 says, Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husband, so that any of them do not believe in the word. So this is for our... If this is... If this, Advices for unbelieving husbands. Imagine for a husband that is of the Lord and isn't walking in the Lord, right? He believes in the Lord, but he's not walking. So this is a promise that he gives us. He doesn't even give that promise to men. 
you know he kind of gives us this promise like hey submit to your husband follow me obey me and you might see that change in your husband or you will see that change in your husband right so um so they may be one over the over they went over you know one over spiritually without words by the behavior of their wives so he's saying we have an influence we do we have an influence in our husband's lives um, submission is includes being a homemaker and Titus 2 says all that loving your children um, I wish I had it with me but um, to be busy at home he says you know be busy at home take care of your home take care of your husband take care of your man take care of your children um, doesn't mean that you have to have it speak and span but you know the heart is to take care of your family that's our role and um, that's a blessing I'm honored actually Submission, a way of life for all believers. So we're all, at, um, you know, called to be submissive to each other. Um, submission is not always fair. So First Peter two nineteen to twenty three says, for it is commendable if a man bears up under the pain of unjust suffering, because he is conscious of God. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in His steps. He committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. Yet, yes, 19 to 23, 2 Peter 2, 19 to 23. So if you're going through a hard season, and me and my husband have ups and downs, ups and downs, all because I know God is like refining us. So, but in the middle of that storm, I'm hurting. You know, I'm crying. Um, He's crying or he's hurting. and But we know that there's a purpose and it's for the refinement. And think about the Lord when he suffered and he didn't do anything wrong. Like, we're going to have trials and tribulations. We're going to suffer in our marriage. There's going to be times where we're going to take advantage of each other. There's going to be times where we might neglect each other. But bring it to the Lord and still do what you were called to do. Um, you must trust God in everything um of course i gave you those examples where like you know if there's disrupt disrupt disruptive behaviors or destructive behaviors then yeah go to your elders call the police those are serious things okay but if you can i well god is asking you to endure if you're going through a painful season in your life and long suffering that's love it is long suffering is love um and we're here you're we're here for you if you ever need prayers or advice, we're here for you. If you're going through a hard season with your husband. And what's the conclusion of when you submit to your husband and respect and honor him? Well, it's a testimony. It's a testimony to the unsaved. It's a testimony to your neighbors. It's a testimony to your children, to the world. So trusting God and people can see it, even though you don't think that people are seeing it. People see your dedication to your family and your commitment to your husband. So, back to Ephesians 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself as a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. So I love the Lord for God's plan on my husband's role. He gave himself for her. Like, you know, he's the leader, he's the learner, he's the lover. I love that he's the leader, not me. You know, I mean, I can lead my children, but I want my children to know that my husband, that their father is the head of the home. And he needs to be respected. And he needs to be loved. So I love God's role. None of them is, I don't see it as one's higher than the other or one's lower than the other. I just see it two roles, different roles meant to um, do awesome things in the Lord um, together. So bonding. Oh, okay, so back to Ephesians 5.29. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For the reason a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and the church. 
Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Bonding and becoming heirs together starts with us as wives. That's what I learned. I feel like God has created me. He built me to um, be my my husband's helper. He created me to um, and equipped me to do all these things he's asked, to be submissive, to be respectful, to love my husband unconditionally, to honor the Lord. Like, I find joy in that. Even sometimes when we're going through, like, hurts, if I feel like I'm going to the Lord and I'm praying to the Lord and I'm seeking his will and he's giving me the strength to obey and honor and submit, I do find joy in that. Like, I'm not, like, happy, you know, but inside I'm, like, joyous because God is filling me up like he's there and he's there with me i'm not alone in this and so bonding and that's god's will to be hairs together heirs i'm saying hairs heirs together um in 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 grace right so heirs together of the grace of life together don't wait on your husband to be to initiate God's love, okay? Trust in the Lord, be his help me, be your husband's help me, submit respect, and honor your husband. You two are one. So I challenge you ladies that um, that's when I feel like that's when, when you're in the fire, that's when God really uses you. All those things, because it's easy to love on your husband and submit and respect when he's like awesome and he's been in a good mood for two weeks and... <laughs> Or, you know, but that's not, well, that's not good either. I've seen my husband give up a lot even when I didn't deserve it, when I was moody or whatever, and I didn't deserve it. But that's the hardest part that I've learned, that even when he did something, and he didn't mean to hurt me, but he still did, and I showed love back the way God asked me and called me to, I see the blessings in it. So, and it will give you peace and joy because you're obeying the Lord, and he'll bless you pray um heavenly father lord we just desire to do what you called us we thank you lord for equip equipping us for for being there for us because that's what you want you want us to um, glorify you in our marriages lord we thank you for the role you've given us we thank you for the role you gave our husbands and lord we pray that you help us when it's hard to do that lord that you would empty us and fill us up with your holy spirit to do what um, pleases you, Lord. And we thank you and we love you, Father. And we pray for our marriages. I pray that um, you would protect them, that you would guard them, Lord, and that even whatever's going on, whether a good, whether we have it good or we don't, that you would not let the enemy destroy our marriages, Lord. That you would, we have victory already in you, Lord. And we thank you for that. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.